Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spurs continue their pursuit of a manager and have finally issued an apology in regards to the Super League in a week where Spurs fans are planning big protests outside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Today I'm joined by Jenk and Danny to talk about our managerial pursuit, the latest on the board and looking ahead to the summer transfer window. I'm Matt Hayes and you're listening to the Tottenham Fan Voice Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Mate's Tottenham blog and to another live stream of the Tottenham Fan Voice podcast. Like I said today, I'm joined by uh, Jenk and the bun, Danny Kiriakou, to look okay. at all things Tottenham Hotspur and to try and figure out what the hell is going on at this football club. But first of all, uh, Jenk, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you getting on? No worries, I'm doing good. I think, you know, it's a good chance to try and dissect some some points, the ball, the team, you know, the structure of the football club should be good. We've got great little panel, Matt. The bun, you know what I mean? We, we can't ask for much more. So, <laughs> look, it should really be a good yeah. one. Level-headed conversation. You know, we're not going to sit here and scream and shout, maybe like we would after a game. But, you know what I mean? We've got to dissect things. Absolutely. And Danny, as well, uh, to you, thank you so much for your time. How are you getting on? Thank you for having me. Yeah, good. Work's not been the greatest, but I've been looking forward to this chat all day, to be honest. So, um, hopefully, give me something to cheer about at the end of the day. But um, speaking to you, two amazing lads. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one too. I've, I've actually it was supposed to be last week, and I've rescheduled for this week. I've been actually really excited about having this chat, and, and like Jake said, trying to dissect everything and, and figure out uh, what the hell is going on at our football club. Um, we've got the regular in here saying at the protests at 12 p.m. on the 15th and 10 a.m. on the 16th. They are um, those are the times. I'll be getting more into those protests a little bit later, so do make sure to stick around for that. Uh, we've got Anthony saying uh, Conte would be his choice, and Steve saying, "Hey, Matt, Steve, thanks so much for tuning in. As always, uh, a wonderful channel member and mod here." Uh, Steve, thanks for everything you do for the channel. But guys, look, let's dive straight into things. Um, the the latest we've heard on our ma- the managerial front is from Alistair Gold, who said that Spurs have finally put together their um, their shortlist for this job. We've had the Athletic saying it's Steve Hitchin who's uh, picked three to five managers uh, that uh, Spurs are going to pursue and try and get, or one of which we're going to try and get into the club. Uh, we'll come to you first in this one, Jenk. How do you feel mm. about how Spurs have handled everything that's happened here in terms of sacking Jose Mourinho six mm. days before a cup final yeah. against a manager who he's the only one to have beaten, then not having the shortlist made and maybe looking towards the end of the season before we appoint? It's, it's been a shambles, yeah. hasn't it? 
for me, the decision seemed a little bit rash because due mm. to the fact that we had Jose Mourinho had so many sackable offences pre pre the cup final. I'm just thinking if he was going to pull the trigger, do it when you kind of was expecting it after Zagreb, after that horrible week against Arsenal and whatnot. You should have done it then. If he was going to do it, do it at a time where Mason could, if he was going to come into the job, he's got time to prepare. He can, he can, you know, implement his ideas a little bit more. And there's a bit more time to get prepared for the cup final. But six days before, and for us to be sitting here probably about a month later talking about manager still, don't even know, there's not even a strong name being linked that you think, yeah, this is the guy. The media's always on it. That's the name. That seems like the name. We've not even had that. It's been left, right, centre, Gasparini, Potter, <laughs> Ten Hag, Nagelsmann, it's an absolute mess. And it just shows that this ball, not, they didn't plan it right. Do you know what I mean? And, and if you're going to sack Jose Mourinho, and I, I don't know the reasons why, it was after the Super League, the morning after, it was just mad to me. I just felt like it was a decision to kind of like, sort of like a smokescreen to the ESL. That's how it felt to me. I don't know if there was any financial reasoning behind it. If he would have won the cup final, we would have to pay him a little bit more. Or whether he won it, that his power would have been even higher and they was going to sack him anyway. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if we lost Cenk there. Maybe a, a bit of bad connection, but uh, we'll move, move on anyway because Martin here is saying... That, that's, um, a, that's about it. Oh, oh there Cenk, he is. are you there, mate? <laughs> I think your connection is just a bit dodgy at the moment. Um, but look, we'll, we'll move on and hopefully it'll, it'll fix itself as we go on. Uh, Martin here says, uh, I reckon Mourinho got sacked because Levy thought he was getting Super League Moolah. Actually, one theory I've heard about this is we all know about that clause that was in Jose's contract uh, where we'd have to pay him, I think it was a £30 million break clause if we got into the Champions League. But uh, because of the European Super League, we had in essence, been kicked out of the Champions League for future seasons. And maybe there's some weird uh, loophole there that Spurs could sack him without having to pay. Um, but look, Danny, we'll come to you anyway about the, the, the first question. How, how do you feel about how Spurs handled this whole uh, situation? What, in terms of the manager situation? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like on the same sort of fence as Chenk, really. I mean, for me, how I how I dissected the way that they sacked Jose Mourinho and how we've been linked with managers. So in terms of the way we've been linked with managers, we've been linked with like every manager under the sun lately. I mean, the, the man mm -hmm. managers we've been linked with, it's a mess. It's kind of like, it kind of like, um, it, it, it kind of goes in, in, in sort of line with how our club is at the moment. It's a bit of a mess. So every, we've been linked with every manager under the sun and, and no one knows what managers we're going to have, uh, who we're going to have. We don't have no plan or anything like that. So, um, yeah. And, and I think for me, it's the way that Mourinho was sacked. I think that, it was partly to do a bit of everything. I think it was partly to do with maybe the the timing of the ESL. I, I personally think that he was always going to go. I think that they had already made up their mind and I think they were just waiting for the time to do it. But I think the timing of it was the wrong time. And I think the way they did it, it just looks like it was just a bit of sort of to kind of cover up the ESL stuff, which it kind of did for like about a few hours. And then obviously the ESL, everyone was talking about ESL stuff. No one was talking about Jose Mourinho being sacked. And then on, on top of that, it was like, it, it, it kind of felt like as well was that the, the, the stuff that maybe he had in his contract about if he finished in, in a certain league position or if he won the trophy, he'd be entitled to a higher payout. And for me, it, it kind of does stink a bit of Daniel Levy all over that. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Matt, but for me, it just it just, it just epitomises uh, Daniel Levy and the type of decisions that he's made over the last 20 years. And it just wouldn't surprise you if that was the case. And that's how I see it. Yeah, I, look, I, I completely agree. There was... There was nothing about the the whole sack of Mourinho that that quite made sense because the the best way I described it is I've never wanted something to happen so much 
and then been so yeah. disappointed when it did happen yeah. because it was the, the timing was completely wrong. You know, he's, he's yeah. the only manager ever to have beaten Pep Guardiola in a final. Yeah. And I've been saying it the whole whole way through the season that as much as I well, I suppose around February when I wanted him to go, as much as I want him to be sacked, he's still the man that we need to to win that Carabao Cup final for us. And look, just going to the point there you made about uh, all the managers you uh, we've been linked to. I actually have a list here of every single manager I've seen Spurs oh, linked with in in the media. Now this isn't from reliable sources or anything. It's just every single story yeah. uh, that I've seen uh, linking Spurs to a manager. <laughs> We're going to run through them really quickly. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's going to take a minute. I'm going to take more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got Eric Ten Hag, Julian Nagelsmann, Jesse Marsh, Christoph Galtier, Ralph Rangnick, Hans Dieter Flick, Gian Piero Gasparini, Scott Parker, Graham Potter, Maurizio Sarri, Antonio Conte, Ryan Mason, Brendan Rogers, Nuno Espirito Santo, Rafa Benitez, Massimiliano Allegri, Joachim Love, Roberto Martinez, Marcelo Bielsa, Jurgen Klinsmann, Stephen Gerrard, Gareth Southgate, Giovanni Chapatoni, Frank Reichard, Marcelino, Yulan Lapetegui, Eddie Howe, Oliver Glasner, Paolo Fonseca, Simone Inzaghi, Sergei Rebrov, Ralph Hasenhutl, Ledley Kane, Chris Powell, Diego Simeone, Nico Kovac, Sean Dyche, Sergio Consico, Chris Wilder, and Xavi Hernandez. That is what we have. Do you know, do you know Matt, right, what's funny about that right, is, it, is the fact that I didn't actually realise how actually many it was. I knew it was a lot, but when you put it into a list and you say it like that, <laughs> it's just shocking. It's so shocking. Oh, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's wow. Bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my wife it's Daniel Levy he's on my he's probably, he's probably got my IP address sort of like he's trying to up. block you Jake. he's yeah, trying to block you what are they doing to me um, I'm guessing you boys are talking about talking about managers right in terms of yeah. and how yeah. underwhelming I mean number one you know like we're looking at the bottom of the table and that's how far we've fallen I mean I was thinking yeah. about Sean Dyche yesterday and I was thinking viable option that's oh, how bad know. it's got Yeah, that's you know what? how bad it's got honestly I'm not being funny, Shank, right? That Sean Dyche would be actually comical to have him as our manager. I think we'd have so much entertaining entertainment, yeah. right, from him as our manager in every press conference. I wouldn't actually care if we're playing bad as long as we've got something yeah. to cheer about, something to laugh about. Because right now mm. we don't. And he'd be better than what we've got now. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Do you know <laughs> what? Seen... It's just, yeah, sorry, Matt. Irrespective of, of Spurs, I think he's, he's disrespected as a manager. I think he's brilliant. His system's efficient. He spent one million this summer, I think, or something crazy like that. He's a manager that can, he's worked wonders for Burnley. And just because it ain't, you know, they're, they're a little bit sort of not easy on the eye, it doesn't mean that they ain't a good team. They're so hard to play against. Ask any player, do you want to play against Burnley? You don't. Same. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. thing. So I remember seeing, um, I think it was when United were looking to replace Jose Mourinho as well, ironically. Um, there was some some reports by Sean Dyche and there's, someone made like a pros and con list. And the pro was, uh, he sounds like Darth Vader, but the con was, he looks like a fish finger. And I think that is just the, the best <laughs> the best interpretation of Sean Dyche uh, that, that I've ever fish seen. Finger. But... <laughs> I've never heard that, that one. A fish finger? What? <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, anyway, look, in, in terms of uh, the kind of profile of manager the Spurs are looking for, there's been some reports saying that we want a young profile who plays attacking football. And the the phrase that kind of annoyed me the most with that was we're looking for a Poch-type manager. And like, yeah. we, we had a Poch-type manager in Poch himself. And it's, it's weird, I think, that it seems to be not Daniel Levy sort of accepting that he's wrong, but kind of regressing to go back because the Mourinho appointment was, you know, we've done all the hard work, we've built this platform, let's go on and do the best that we can now. But it's almost gone back to okay, let's build the platform again. So, Dan, Danny, what do you make of of that kind of uh, identity of a manager that Spurs are looking for? I mean, it it kind of epitomizes again Daniel Levy and his, his awful decision making he's made over the over the last sort of, especially the last ten years, you say five to ten years in in management with all the managers he's had, etc. I mean. You, you had you had 
one of the best young up and coming managers. The probably probably our best ever Premier League manager in the Premier League era. Um, and he does what he does on a budget. And then he asks, all he asks is, is to clear out some of those players that he didn't want didn't want to be there anymore and just back him. Literally, just back him a bit. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even do that. He couldn't even trust someone who'd got to a Champions League final to back him. And that tells you a lot about that the, the people who run the club. And this is why it's it's kind of like what I've been kind of banging on about a little bit. Is I don't really mind. I don't really care who the manager is, to be honest with you. I mean, out of the names that we're linked, probably the the best one I'd like realistically is probably Graham Potter. Just because, not that I want him. I don't want him. I don't want. I don't want Scott Parker. I don't want. To be honest with you, I don't want anyone. Um, because yeah, we're going to have the same cycle that we're going to go through with the board, that, and it's just going to keep repeat, repeating itself. So, look, if, if you're looking at someone who's going to ha- like have that Potch kind of philosophy, then you're probably looking at you're looking at Potter. But I, I've got mm-hmm. my thoughts. I I really believe it's going to be Parker, just by what I've heard oh. from people I know and <laughs> oh, sources that no. I've got. And and honestly, uh, like it, it's going to be one of those things where if Potter doesn't want to take this chance. The only one who, realistically, from what fits the Tottenham kind of model, which is a young manager, plays a certain style of football. He also knows the club. He knows what they want. And, and even though they, how Tottenham think of him now is what, what Alistair Gold was saying, is how they, they, they see him maybe not ready just yet. I reckon they might not have a choice in, in it because who else are they going to have? Who else are they going to mm. hire? I, I can't yeah. see them going for like a... Um, the Wolfsburg manager or or um like a Gasparini or someone I just can't see it and yeah it, honestly I, I just don't know where we go from here to be honest with you yeah th- look that that for me is the biggest concern and I, I did a stream the other night and it was kind of the whole point of it was there's this big long list of managers and yeah. there's so many there that we'd accept at Spurs but none that we'd really get excited about yeah. and even the few that there were fans getting excited about you've Nagelsmann now going to Bayern Munich uh you've Eric Ten Hag just signed his his new contract at Ajax as well there's there's nothing on that list of almost fifty managers to excite to excite us. And it, look, in, in one regard, that is uh, I suppose an indictment of the the level of manager that is out there. But it's also a reflection of the the kind of pull factor that Spurs had in the past being completely gone. And look, like Steve says here, Joseph's appointment goes to show the grass isn't always greener. Potts was a great manager and should have been backed, but the club were happy for him to fail at the club's expense, which is a, a very good point and a, a bizarre kind of outlook on the club. And Jenk, this is the next question I want to bring in. Mm. What does this club have a direction? Because you can look at you can look at Arsenal, you can look at West Ham, who I'd say are, are worse clubs than us, are, are worse footballing teams on, on the whole. You know, obviously West Ham ahead of us this season, but you can kind of see what they're trying to do. Yeah. You can see what Arsenal are trying to do with Arteta, getting yeah. young players into that team, trying to play better football, and they have a bit of a system on the pitch. Can you identify any sort of a direction with, with Spurs, either on or off the pitch? Honestly, nothing at all. Other than NFL games being announced, yeah. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't see matches. nothing. Yeah. Music yeah, concerts. I mean, Lady Gaga concerts and all <laughs> yeah. that. I, I mean, I don't know anything else. I mean, we, we, before we know it, we'll have Adele coming out at halftime. You'll have to pay an extra tw- 10 quid at halftime to go and see it. Um, but do you know what? It's, 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 I, I can't see nothing with this club right now. And it's very hard to say that you can. I don't think anyone can. Otherwise, to me, you're just plain lying. No one can sit here and tell me that there is a clear direction, philosophy, or whatever you want to call it, at this club right now. Maybe in the summer, maybe... Next season, when we get a new manager in, you know, I just can't see it right now. And to be honest with you, it's very disappointing considering that we was so, so close to becoming a team who have maybe potentially had a Premier League under their belt, a few domestic cups and even a Champions League. And that's how far we've really fallen. 
Yeah. And I don't know how 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 quick we can recover because it's a tough project. Tough, tough project, trust me. Yeah. yeah. Following on from that, Danny, how important do you think this appointment is in the history of, of Tottenham Master Football Club? Um yeah, it is it's so important. And and do you know what it what why I struggle to find but what, what I what I think right is that is that it's it's yeah. hold on, I've got a bit of echo. No um yeah. Um, sorry. So yeah, I, I think that whoever they're going to appoint, right, is going to really tell you what they want to do as a club going forward. Because if you bring someone like like Graham Potter, Scott Barker, you can kind of probably sort of feel about what you think they might want to achieve. But it's going to be a long process. I, I mean, I, I think they probably fit. I think Parker would probably fit more a project manager role. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they're both they're both similar in the apart from obviously. I mean, they're yeah, they're both similar really. To be honest, they're both teams mm. that are playing similar sort of football. Um, you'd probably say Brighton are playing better football. And um, obviously, they're staying up in the league as well, so they're not getting relegated. So that's also a, a positive for them. But it, it it just it's just so upsetting, right? That we've gone from. Someone like Pochettino, who had it all, and they just needed that little bit of backing. Then to Jose Mourinho, who's really a checkbook manager, and they just they and with someone like him, you don't bring him in unless you bankroll him. It's as simple as that. And a lot of us knew it. A lot of us knew it. A lot of us were like, like, oh, are they going to bring him in? That means they're going to actually look to actually spend money now. That's what we all kind of. A lot of us had a little bit of hope that that's what was going to happen. But they spent money, but on in the wrong way, and. And a lot of it wasn't fully Jose Mourinho's players, which is, again, the recruitment problems that we have at the club, which is, again, why mm. that, for me, is the key area where they need to change in the summer. It doesn't matter who they bring in. They could bring in Scott Parker. They could bring in the, they could bring in Graham, Graham Potter, Sean Dyche. They can bring in Eddie Howe even if they wanted to. If they don't have the right recruitment policies and they let a football man run the actual football side of things, then we're, we're just going to be sitting here in 18 months' time again, manager sacked. Yeah. Players, a few players again in disarray. Kane, if he's still there, by God, if yes. he's still there, oh, I, I don't know what he's going to be going through his head if he's still there. But it's a, it's a, such a huge summer. I mean, for me, what they need to get right is they need to bring in someone like a director of football. That is so much more important, I think, than their manager, to be honest with you. Because once you've got a manager, a director of football, he'll bring you with the players on a budget, which is what we've 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 always been worked best with. Right, we've had it with Paul Mitchell. We've had it with our other other um, directors of football, and if you've got a good one, someone like a Ralph Ragnick, for example, mm. it, if you have someone like Potter who plays a style of football, or Parker, I think they'll work brilliantly together. I mean, it, it'll be better. It'll be the best option what we'd have right now. That's how I see it. Mm. And I, I was actually going to follow on from your initial point with with the discussion of, of a director of football, because um, mm. I was on Pax and Row TV last week, and it was it was a big point of discussion uh, about whether or not Spurs need a director of football. And the way I looked at it was, if you're looking at the the kind of teams around Europe that that dominate uh, their their respective leagues, like Juventus, I know have of course lost the league title to Inter Milan this season, but have won the the previous nine, and they have Fabio Paratici in place as a as a director of football there. Bayern Munich have Hassan Salihamidzic. Uh, PSG of Leonardo and Barcelona and Real Madrid have actual proper boards there. I know not in a, in a very good space at the moment what they've done recently, but still have more kind of input on, on the footballing side of things. And Cenk, they're, you know, Lewis Campos is someone that uh, Jose Mourinho wanted to bring in as a director of football. And he is yeah. someone who could potentially be, be available at the end of the season. And if you look at the players he has uh, oh. picked up in throughout his time, you know, Kylian Mbappe, 
uh, one of the biggest players that he's he's found. Do you think Spurs, first of all, do you think that's the way Spurs need to go? And then do you think that is the way Spurs will go? I'll tell you something. Daniel Levy, um, from what I feel from the club, I feel like he wants to micromanage every small detail yeah. in his mm-hmm. way, how he likes it, how he sees it. We've bought, we've bought in directors of footballs before and we've been stung. We have. It's not worked out because it's clashing, constant clashes. You can't have that. What you've got to do, you've got to say to, for example, Campos, here's £60 million. Work, work with a manager. Get your players. I'm not getting involved. Whether he's 33 years of age, 21 years of age, get the players you want. Yeah, Cool. But Daniel Levy will get involved well. Yeah, but he's 32. But yeah, we're going to give him a three-year deal. And after that, we can't send him on for a profit. So it's not going to work. Or... This player doesn't look like he's got much of a potential. So what, what's the selling value going to be? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? That's the problem. And you know what? The feeling I get as well, I feel like Daniel Levy loves the thrill of a transfer window. Yeah. He loves negotiating. Yeah. He loves trying to bargain and get these players cheaper. And he loves a last-minute deal. And he likes... That's the person he is. And that's his personality. Mm. And unfortunately, we've had Baldini. We've had uh, Paul Mitchell. We've had um, Camoli. You know what I mean? And we've, we've had it, but it hasn't worked. And that's the, probably the reason why he hasn't touched it for so long. But if you look at some of the people that, that Mitchell brought in recently, the likes of Toby, et cetera, et cetera, under Poch, it was good. And that's what we need. But unfortunately, I don't see him at this current moment in time bringing someone in because, like I said, he likes that, likes the thrill of the transfer window and he's just that sort of guy. See, uh, yeah, to, add, to add on that, right, sorry, Matt. To add on Go that, ahead. right, I think, I think that... He, like, I think he acts well. I, I agree with you, right? I don't think he is going to bring in a director of football. I honestly don't see it. Yeah. If he does shock us all and decides to do it, I think what will happen is we'll get a good year, maybe 18 months, 16 months out of him. Then what's going to happen is it's going to, it's, what that, what you just said there with that kind of conversation dialect, right? That sim- similar thing is going to happen. And then they're going to fall out, right? And then they're going to leave. And then we're going to end up... We're going to get to a point where we've just started to sign some promising players. We're looking, starting to look good again. And then all of a sudden, the director of football leaves because he can't handle working with Levy again. And then it's going to go. Then you hit income Steve Hitchin. He's head of recruitment again. And then it's going to, then the downward spiral is going to slowly go down again because yeah. we're going to start bringing in worse players, spending money, silly money on, on uh, like mediocre players. And then it, it's just going to, it's going to be just, it's just going to, it's just going to be the same cycle. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. I completely agree with what you said. Yeah. I, I think the cycle that we're in, sorry, just the, the cycle we're in danger of falling into is for me really similar to what the, the Glazers are doing at United. And I think what, what happened with Pochettino in that 18 months where we didn't invest and that squad became stale, and I think ultimately it was the downfall of his tenure, is yeah. you have these owners who, who don't know football. They know business. There's no one's gonna deny that Levy, the Glazers, Stan Kroenke, all those, they know business. That's how they got into a position where they can own a football club. But they put the investment in and it's kind of hard to associate it with Spurs. So looking mainly at Manchester United, they brought in, say they bring in Bruno Fernandes for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, an incredible signing, one that's going to work wonders for that team. And they start to see a bit of return of, uh, for it in the short term. Then that kind of it keeps going and keeps going. And they almost sit back and think, well, that's our job done. We've invested in the money. There's a squad that the manager can use. Let's leave him do whatever he wants. And they don't sign a player for a window or two. But you yeah. need that kind of constant investment and the constant addition of new energy into the team to, to keep things going. Because football is cyclical. And yeah. that Spurs team that worked under Pochettino in 2016-17 and really struggled in 2017-18 is because it got stale. It's because people started mm. to figure us out. And that is why you need that constant investment. That's why you need a director of football. But like you said, Danny, and like Jude says here, they will become ineffective because of Daniel Levy and his 
again, following to your point, Jake, is micromanagement and the way yeah. he wants to be uh, in charge of yeah. absolutely everything. And, and it's it's just never going to work. And that that for me is why these protests on uh, on Saturday and Sunday are so important. And we're going to get that into that very uh, shortly. But I do want to say uh, for anybody who is listening uh, on, on the replay, make sure to follow the the podcast on whatever platform you're you're listening on. Everyone who's watching now, there's 108 people watching, and we only have 40 likes. So let's see if we can get that to 75 uh, before we mm. set a new target as well and i still want to remind you that the tottenham fan voice podcast is part of the sports social podcast network uh, the uk's first and only dedicated sport podcast network uh, so make sure to check it out at sport-social.co.uk you'll find loads of amazing podcasts there and if you want to join the team uh, with your own podcast everything you need to know uh, will be found there as well now moving on to these protests on saturday and sunday which are very very important in my opinion to the future of tottenham Hotspur football club um here's the the advert for them that you may have seen floating around online. They're taking place at 12 p.m. on Saturday, the 15th of May, and 10 a.m. on Sunday, the 16th of May, uh, the meeting points outside the spare shop. And one thing I want to make very clear is that this says a weekend of peaceful protest. You know, let's not embarrass ourselves like that 1% of United fans at Old Trafford last week did. Um, it's meant to be peaceful. Let's keep it that way. Mm. Uh, Danny, we'll come to you first. What, what are your thoughts on this protest and what does it mean to the club? I think it's the it's, it's got to be the beginning of of what we want to do as fans in order to try and make our voices heard. Because my honest opinion on this protest is one protest is not going to do absolutely anything. Right? This has got to be the start. That's this is what this is. It's the start. They can't. We, we can't as fans. We can't let this um, like just do one protest and then that's it. We forget about it because then. They, they just forget about it. They don't care. They, they, they don't, they, the owners don't care about us. They care about the money. That's it. So we, as fans, need to we need to continuously do these protests. We need to be in stadiums with banners if we can get banners in there. Like every home game next season, I want to see protests. I want to see protests every home game. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do it. I'm gonna be going to every home game if I can, and I want to I want to do that as well because it's the only way things are gonna change you've got to start it, for me yeah for me it's just a start it's just a start like mm-hmm. and this could be a great start and we'll, we'll hopefully we're going to have a big turnout i feel that it's going to be a lot bigger turnout than unfortunately how it was when when ben was there last time because it was just i think the time was wrong wasn't organized properly um mm-hmm. but i think this one is going to be a lot better and we'll see what happens we'll see what happens mm-hmm. but yeah yeah I just want to address a comment here by, by Spurs21. And I saw um, the caller from the Cheese Room podcast talking about how he was going to pay his £60 to, to go to the game against Aston Villa. And there's people kind of saying, you know, going to matches. And I'm not saying you're saying this, Spurs21, but just this kind of reminded me. There's people saying, if you don't go to the, the if you go to the games, you're not you're not uh, protesting properly. Or when I had the pleasure of going over to London a few weeks ago when I bought stuff in the club shop, apparently I'm not, uh, I'm not with the fans and I'm supporting Levy and all that. There's, if I go to the shop and I buy a jersey, or if Danny goes to a game, he's not supporting Daniel Levy. He's not supporting Enoch. He's supporting Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And yeah. I think that is what this entire Super League thing is about. It's not these football clubs that are trying to ruin the sport and trying to get us into the Super League, or we're trying to get us. It's the owners who are trying to make themselves richer. So there's a massive, massive difference between supporting the club and supporting the people in charge of it. And, and that, for me, is, is a really key difference as well. Uh, but, Jenk, uh, same question to you, really. What, what do these protests mean uh, for Spurs? It means a lot for me personally. I'm a person that I believe that the board aren't pulling their weight enough and, and we need yeah. change and we're going to demand for change. And, and what I wanted to expand from, from your point, Matt, is that this is a 139-year institution that was nearly destroyed by two guys, by two guys that try to ruin everything why we support this football club and why we love football, right? 
the ESL, you know, and all this malarkey fiasco that all has all gone on. They're the temporary owners of this football club. They're not going to be here for, forever. Players and managers are not here forever. But at the end of the day, the people that are here forever are the supporters. And as Bob's mm-hmm. saying, look, it can't be can't be just be a one-off on Saturday and Sunday. We've got to follow this up. We've got to do everything we can. We've got to email in. You've got to et cetera, et cetera. You've got to, you know, be with a trust. You've got to email your local MP for government stuff with a fan, the, the, the fan stuff and all that. I know there's fan representation, but there's still a lot more to come from that. And what I wanted to expand on as well is that Enoch out is the message, but not necessarily solution. We know that 500 people outside the stadium yeah. is not necessarily going to take Enoch out. But what it is, it's the message. It's the it's kind of like being there and getting our thoughts across. Because in past years, we've sat there and we've shut up. We went to Wembley. We had continuous uh, stadium delays. We shut up. We paid the money. We trusted the process. But at this point now, do you know, do you know why we shut up? We do you know why we shut yeah. up? Because that man Pochettino worked miracles with our squad. He made yeah. us. He, he 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 took us to heights and levels that we had never expected to be at, and he overachieved what he what he was given the tools that he yeah. was given to use. And and that's why we weren't protesting or anything like that because that was that was the illusion Daniel Levy hoped for. He hoped that something like that would happen, and he got more than what he wished, more than what he wished for Poch. And that's mm-hmm. why it just sickens me. Yeah, I I think that that's a really good point, and the. I'll actually follow on from that because it kind of plays into the super chat here as well. Yeah. Uh, Paul Markey with the the ten euro super chat. Paul, thank you very much for that. It's it's massively appreciated. Anyone else? If you do want to guarantee your questions are answered and your comments discussed, uh, get in a super chat using the dollar sign beside the live chat. It's, it's a good way to support the channel. And like I said, we'd be guaranteed to get to your comments. Uh, and Paul says two world class managers, no backing. Now looking at second rate candidates, will they back them? No. Levy and his lackey Hitchin will not relinquish grip on transfer policy. We are doomed to mediocrity. And this is this, I think, is a really important point, and it's one that there's. I always bring it up. There's a, a lot I work with who's a Spurs fan and who does still back uh, back Daniel Levy as chairman of the club. And Daniel Levy, there, there's no doubt, and I don't think any Spurs fan will deny there is an element of credit he deserves for what he has in the stadium, building the training ground, getting in managers like Pochettino and Mourinho. But that is completely useless when he himself makes the decisions that rips down the benefits we gained from those initial decisions. You know, fantastic. He got Pochettino. Yes, there's an element of luck to that. You know, it's not often you go to Southampton, pick up a manager from an eighth place team and he gets you uh, from a defense with Kyle Lawton and Eunice Kabul. And then you're in, all of a sudden you're in a Champions mm-hmm. League final. You know, there's an element of luck to that. And he worked wonders. But I suppose Levy does deserve after that poor first season but he then didn't invest for 18 months he then sacked him for Jose Mourinho and all of a sudden we're back yeah. in that situation we were before Pochettino was ever brought in and Daniel yeah. Levy is, is the common denominator he's the, he's a constant he is the reason that none of these things that could work out very well for us aren't working for us and Jenk I think you made a very good point there that the the protest is to get Enoch out and get Levy out but that's not exactly the solution and yeah. Truth be told, that's probably not what's going to happen. Now, yeah. uh, Spurs released a statement, was it last night or the night before, which I think was very, very conveniently timed, where they, <laughs> after three paragraphs of excuses, apologised well, apologized for the European Super League and you know said they're going to get fan representation on the board and all that. Uh, Danny, do you think that is just trying to appease the fans and trying oh, to quash well, some yeah. of the energy around this protest? Yeah, one million percent. That's yeah. it, It's just convenient how it's come out like two, a couple of days before the protest is about to happen. It's just, it's just, it's just Tottenham and Daniel Levy written all over that. Honestly, yeah. I mean, how, how how pathetic can the man get? I mean, he, he just, it's like every time, every day you wake up, it's like you see him go to a new level. It's, but it's like, but you expect it as well, which is even worse. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, we knew he was going to do that. We knew it. We just knew it. 
you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's just it doesn't get old. But mm. yeah, it's like for me, it's just a complete PR stunt what they've done. They've just done it to make it to make it to make the fans. To, and, and the worst thing is, right? There has been some fans, and I've seen on Twitter like, oh, oh, they've actually apologised. That's good. It's a good start. And I'm thinking, God, people need to really open their eyes up because this guy is filling people with lies and deceit yeah. time and time again. That's all he's doing. I mean, the ESL, the ESL itself should show you that this guy is is a a, a liar. He's it's just a scumbag, and he's yeah. never going to change. And that 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 so called pathetic apology, uh, if that's what you want to call it, anyway. Yeah, it's just a complete PR stunt just to appease the fans, make it look like they are saying sorry. It's it's just like it's, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when we go for bids for like Dear Bala, and it's like, oh, guess what? It's like Daniel Levy saying to Tottenham fans, guess what? We're going for Dear Bala, but mate, yeah, we're not really gonna get him. Yeah. We're not really gonna get him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. like that. And, it's just like that. Do you know what? Quickly as well, right? I read the statement. And I thought, yes, fan representation, and then I read it, yeah. and then I tweeted that. I went, yeah, great step, and then I just sat there and I thought. I fell for that. I felt. I felt. I fell for it. His PR. Yeah. I'm like. I'm not trusting you. I'm not trusting yeah. you. I deleted the tweet and I went. I'm not falling for this. <laughs> oh, says, 50 12 o'clock. Be there. That's it. I'm not falling for guys. Yeah. Empty words. Empty yeah. words. I'm telling yeah, you. That's don't. exactly it. And it's easy to fall for it as well because you think, hmm, great step. Fan representation. We can get a say if you actually read it and you dissect it. Yeah, it's like when you dissect it fully, right? It's like one of the things as well, fan representation. I mean, for me, that like, there's there's no there's no there's how are they going to choose this fan representation? There's not going to be a vote vote against it, is it? Uh, what's going to happen is they're just going to pick someone they paid just to have there, so that's going to mm. be a non a non executive that's going to sit there and maybe give their opinions. But they're not going to listen because at the end of the day, they're they're the ones who who, who look after the bank balance and look after the the funds that go in and out of the club. And they're gonna be like, yeah. okay, yeah, we see your point, but you don't run the club. You you don't you don't you're not my uh, accountant. So it's it's like it's just it's just gonna be a pointless thing unless they actually have some sort of mediator to actually come in and have some sort of vote for an actual like maybe someone like from a YouTube community or or someone who actually really does care about the club. Yeah. To go well, in I think what yeah. Sorry, yeah, I think no. what we're what we're quickly learning is every bit of good news this football club brings to us benefits them more than it benefits us. Yeah. In terms of saying, oh, we apologise for the Super League, we're getting fans on, maybe the protest will be a little bit smaller. Uh, there's there's a delay for the stadium. It'll be open in February. It, it quietens people down for a couple of weeks. Then actually, no, it's it's March. People quiet down for a couple of weeks. And everything they say that makes us feel some bit uh, positive or have a bit of hope about the future of this club, it's just it, it comes crashing back down straight away. And just on the point there you're making about, uh, Danny, about the, the transfers and things like that, one day I'll never forget. It was really early on. It was the first transfer window that I actually ever covered on my YouTube channel. And I went into work on deadline day and I was going in on the bus and there was a deal agreed for Paolo Dybala and Tottenham and talks for Philip Coutinho. And on the bus home, I got a uh, notification on my phone. Tottenham have completed the signing of Ryan Sessegnon. And, oh. and that is what this football club is. That's oh, exactly yeah. what it is. And every single transfer window, I, I'll be honest, I fall victim <sighs> to it. I yeah. fall for we're going to get we Bruno Fernandes. We all it's, do. It, we all do. We'll get excited. It's hard not to buy into it, but we fall for it every single yeah. time. And yeah. then we end up with Jack Clark from Leeds and, and things <laughs> like that. And again, no disrespect to Sessiana and Clark. They are potentially good players for the future, but they're, they're not the players for now. And and it's just, it's it's too uh, much of a concern. And do you know what? Quickly as well, right? In a position where you need to push further, 
because we were in the top four and we was in the top four, 16, 17, etc., they didn't feel the need to go and bust, you know, get their wallet out and bust the gut and go and get this player and that player. They were comfortable with the top four money. They don't care mm-hmm. if we don't win Premier League titles. As long as we're in that top four and we're getting that top four money is, because that's where the money is, right? Then they're fine. At the end of the yeah. day, instead of, uh, you know, putting putting the extra 10 million for a Fernandez or a Dybala or a Skriniar, Instead, we try and penny pinch, lose out before the big sharks come swimming because they're, they're serious teams. They slap the money on the table. Deal's done. They don't play games. Look at United. We had so much time. We was dwelling on that Fernandez deal. They come along, boom, United player. And then mm-hmm. we'll go and ship out another 10 million to Jack Clark. Not good enough for Tottenham Hotspur. Let's be ruthless about it. The guy's not good enough. You can sit here and can yeah. tell him, well, yeah, in two, three years, it might be that. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a Premier League team, we wouldn't be doing that. It's the same with Sessignon yeah. as well. He's, a, he's got a good potential, but that's the key word, potential. And that's yeah. what it's always mm-hmm. been. It's never been the ready, well-cast players going to come in, going to make an effect. And we're just trying to penny pinch that extra 5%, 10%, and it, and it comes back to bias. And look at in the position we are in We are, we are in now, yeah. sorry. And I, I, th- I think a lot of people, to some extent, refuse to blame... Like, put 100% of the blame on Daniel Levy. And look, I, I don't I don't believe anyone takes 100% of the blame. But if you're looking at the scout, scouting network that we have in place, you know, just because mm-hmm. they're not getting funds to compete with the likes of United and City doesn't mean they can't get players to do that. Because, again, I was on Paxton Road last week, and we were talking about uh, Watford picking up Richarlison for $8 million. Liverpool paid $8 million for for Robertson. Even more recently, Leicester paid $22 million for Fofana. And if we're going to fork mm-hmm. out $40 million for Sanchez, we could have picked up those three players. Now, look, I know they were different yeah. timeframes, but there are players available um, for, for for those sort of funds. And it's a comment here. Uh, Martin says, Jack Clark was my screensaver for a while. He was, and I, I don't know how you remember that, but I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. Um, Bobby here with a good question says, uh, who do you think is advising Enoch over these statements? Who's looked at them, proofread them, and press send? Finger isn't even near the pulp. Uh, near the pulse, never mind on it, poor, poor, poor. And in a couple of days after the Super League was announced, I remember hearing uh, reports that the Brighton chief executive, Paul Barber, had actually been in contact with Daniel Levy. And Levy said he could not believe the response from the fans. And he thought the fans were going to be all for the European Super League. And they knew it was the next step for football to go on. That is the That's most that. concerning thing about this whole thing. You know, did if he, he... Did that actually happen? Did, that actually, did he actually yeah. say that? Uh, yeah. According to Paul Barber, yeah. Now look, they, yeah. they don't get on at all. I don't know if this is why, but it's one thing... I, it, they're two very different situations and it, I suppose down to opinion as to which is more concerning one if Daniel Levy said no forget the fans let's do this or if he said oh the fans will love this they'll absolutely love this is his finger yeah. that far yeah. off the pulse is he so yeah. uh, disconnected from oh, the fans God. that he thinks we yeah. would like that uh, do either of you want to take this question who, who do you think is advising Enoch over these statements oh, I think I Daniel Levy is <laughs> Daniel Levy is advising Enoch <laughs> that, that would make sense <laughs> he's advising yeah, Levy Whoever's part of his PR team is needs yeah. to get a sacking because it's been awful. Yeah. Throughout this yeah. pandemic, I've never felt so disconnected to this football club before in my life. I love yeah. Spurs. Spurs till I die, right? This club means so much to me. But at the end of the day, I've never felt so disconnected, yeah. so disinterested with this football club in a long, long time. And it's irrespective yeah. of the football. It's just how distanced I feel. If you look at yeah. Leicester today, Dan, uh, Danny, did you put it in the group chat with a letter? Was it you? Or... Who was it? I don't uh, know if it was you. Leicester. Oh no, Le- Leicester's letter. Are you talking about yeah. the one with when uh, after the pan after the lockdown? When yeah. they came back to uh, the stadium. No, yeah, and it was about, you know, if you're not at the FA Cup, you know, look, here's a ba- uh, a box of goodies. We really miss you, etc. Sort of like keeping Brian. that connection. 
It might. It was shown in a group chat, but it's Brian or Bobby. One, I think it's one of them. Yeah. I can't remember. The Leicester's yeah. owner, the statement that they put out, and the letter they sent to the fans. So they sent out a letter, and they sent out a box of I don't know uh, Leicester merchandise, probably pin yeah, bags, etc., and just put a nice letter out to say, look, here you can support the team. It's our first FA Cup final for how many years? Have this, you know, we miss you. You lot mean so much to us, and we haven't got that at this football club. No. Do you know what I mean? Daniel Levy would charge people to for, for them to write him a letter, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I'll write you a letter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you pay, yeah. pay me yeah. 10 quid. That's the type of person he <laughs> yeah. is. He's so yeah. out of touch with us yeah, as a fan base. It's unbelievable. And this is a guy <laughs> that claims to be a Tottenham fan. Rubbish. He's not. He's Absolutely not. He's rubbish. a businessman. He's not. Tottenham. Tottenham is second in his life. If or Tottenham's down the, on the bottom of his list, his his yeah. top of his list is that green, that green money. That's what. That's yeah. that's, that's what he his top of his list is. I mean, there's another thing, right? Which really really frustrates me, right? Because my uh, Mrs. She's an Ajax fan, right? Did any yeah. of you see uh, uh, what Ajax did with their trophy? Yeah. This, yeah. This, yeah. They, they, up, yeah. they melted it down, right? And they made little stars for forty two thousand season ticket holders, right? That for me is just unbelievable. It's brilliant. Absolutely mm. unbelievable like how they how much they want to stay in touch and connected with their fans. And I said to her, I said, if that was Daniel Levy, he would have charged you like fifty pounds for that little thing. <laughs> it would have yeah. it would have it would have looked to try to make money money it. out of it. Do you remember I the club shop did. after the last game at White Hart Lane? They were selling little yeah, tubs that... of grass from the stadium. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember He's... that. That man is ridiculous. I know it's, it's not just Ajax. Um, was it uh, some bright or Bayern Munich executive? It might actually have been Hassan Salihamidzic talking about the the price of their season tickets, and he was saying like the difference between uh, the UK and, and Germany. I think it's one ticket yeah. a point and a pie or something on average in Britain compared to a season ticket. And he's saying it's like the difference is one hundred and four pounds to three hundred pounds. And for a fan, that is a whole lot of money. Like that's you know obviously th- almost three hundred percent. Two hundred pounds is a wow. lot of money for a fan. But he was saying from the club's point of view. The difference of two million euro over a season is next to nothing because in, in transfer negotiations they'll talk about that amount for five minutes and then they'll, they'll be done. So yeah. he's saying it's all about the fans. It's what's the best for them. You know, yes, we could make more out of this, but we are not the priority. It's getting the fans uh, what they want and, and what they need, and that's what we need at Spurs. And with this board of this chairman, I don't think we're going to get that, and yeah. I don't know how close we will get to that. But what the only thing I can reiterate is to anybody who is able to get down to these protests on the tenth on the fifteenth of May at twelve p.m. And the 16th of May at 10 a.m. Please, please do your best to go down. Make your voices heard. There was a comment here a while ago saying protests uh, can get change. They may not, but one thing you can be guaranteed is silence will never make a change. And I think that's uh, that's what we need to know about. And like these guys says, they'll be down there. And I know a lot of the Spurs YouTube community will be there as well. I unfortunately can't make it over from Ireland um, for for the second time in a month. But um, I, I probably will be streaming on Saturday on Sunday morning, uh, kind of a, a, a stream for fans around the world to protest uh, for those who can't make it there in person. Um, but look, one, one thing, guys, I want to touch on for maybe te- uh, 10 or so minutes before we do head off is the upcoming transfer window for Spurs. And we were talking about this before the stream. And to those who may not know about this, uh, Tongi and Dombele, posted uh, this picture on Instagram yesterday with the, the caption is uh, three hour clocks um, about, we don't know what it's about. We don't know why he's posted this. One thing I did notice as well is that he has disabled the comments on it, which he has never done in the past on his, his Instagram posts. Danny, what are your thoughts on the post and, and what do you think it means for the future of either Ndombele or Harry Kane? Yeah, I, I said to you just before we came on that <laughs> I, I've just thought, I, I don't know if it's going to be him leaving, right? I, I think it's more towards Harry Kane. I think, I know it's just speculation. This is just my opinion. It's my conspiracy theory about it. But there's two things to it. There's firstly, I think that he's he's upset with himself because he's trying to find out um, which country will allow him to have a McDonald's franchise in his own house so he can have some more hamburgers <laughs> in his house. Um, 
<laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. And uh, the second thing is, I think, I think he knows something more about the Harry Kane situation than we do, because mm-hmm. I don't know if it, I, he's only been here what two years. He's had one full, proper season really, and I, I just can't see Daniel Levy selling him. Well, he might do. Actually, I can't really say that actually because he might do if, if he says I want to leave. He might get rid of him, but I know Daniel Levy. He he likes him a lot, doesn't he? But who is he like more, Harry Kane or him? Well, it's a bit obvious, but yeah, I I just think there's something there. But if, if I I think I do think it's to do with Harry Kane. I, I I personally think it's something there that I mean, if you look at if you actually look at it right, and you just look at the way Kane Kane's kind of come off the pitch in the last couple of games and the way he's look, it just looks like he just feels like you just you just see him in his face. He's like. He feels like he's done. It just looks like he just he's like I'm done. I'm done with this. Like I, I can't be can't bother. It's like his heart is just dejected. It's just like they've drained his soul. Daniel mm. Levy has drained his soul from. He's drained his Tottenham love and passion because he's not. He's been promised all this false hope that oh we're going to improve the team. We're going to do this. Oh let's bring in let's bring in Bruno Fernandez. And then the next day Gedson Fernandez walks in. It's like oh. Daniel, you know you got the wrong <laughs> one, it. mate. It's like it's like. <laughs> He's got the Aldi version. It, yeah, he's like, oh, so, sorry, Kane. Sorry, I, I didn't I didn't know that. We'll, we'll sort it out next time. Don't worry. We'll sort it out next time. That's literally Daniel yeah. Levy. And yeah, there's, there's some, it, something's going to happen with one of them in the summer. And me, I put my money on something something happening with Kane. That's, I think, the, the biggest fear for me. You know, regardless of what manager we can get in or, or what happens at the board, losing Harry Kane, I think, could be the... Not the death of this football club, but put us in a in a very long coma, shall we say? Because oh, yeah. there's not much to not much we can do in terms of bouncing back from that. You know, you can look at at Liverpool and how they responded with the the money they got from Coutinho, but it all comes back to the faith we have in this board, and I certainly don't trust them to to spend that Kane money wisely. Um, Lucy, if you're saying don't forget to like the stream, show your support for Matt. We're on 83 likes, and there's almost 200 people watching. So please, just 17 of you even smash that like button, and let's see if we can get to uh, to 100 likes. And we've a uh, Cole Baker here saying appoint Matt Hayes as our fan representative on board. He'll make Je- uh, Levy jealous just by flicking his hair. I'm going to bring, bring a bit of bad news to everyone watching here. Because for the last like two months, I've had people in my comments saying I need to join a Beatles tribute band. But after six months, the Barbers in Ireland have finally opened. And I'm back. I'm getting my hair cut tomorrow. And most of it is going to be gone. That's all I'm going to say. I can't wait to get this ridiculous hair off of me. Um, but uh, yeah, Jink, what, what did you make about the, the Indomitable post? Uh, I, I didn't look too much into it, to be honest. I know what you guys are saying with the emojis, tagging Kane, both looking quite dejected. You think, well, what's going on here? For me, I don't really look into it. Like In terms of Kane, he might want to leave, but he can't. Daniel Levy's yeah. going to hold him hostage. Exactly. And that is, that that, is that, yeah, full that's stop. The other thing. He's going to hold him hostage, right? I, I can break it down if you guys want, but you know the contract, the pandemic, if he has a good Euros, that inflates the yeah. price, that boosts it yeah. up. There's a lot of factors involved that, that blocks him from getting a move. And he wants to leave, uh, well, ideally, of course, wants to win, uh, leave Spurs to win trophies, right? What club in Europe right now promises trophies, right? Should we say City right now promise trophies? Yeah. PSG, even though they're slipping away from the league, still, and Bayern Munich. Bayern There's Munich, no yeah. other yeah. club in Europe that is promising guaranteed trophies. Spain, yeah. Madrid, Barca, they're so poor and they're in debt. And are those He's not going to go I don't know. Yeah. Are they, are, you don't know. City, do but, they are they going to break their 60 million philosophy when they only spend that sort of cap on players? I don't see it. It's a type of player you'd break the bank for, but you've got to look at Kane's injury history, his age, mm. and the fee that Daniel Levy's going to demand, not including all these clauses as well. He's yeah. a clever guy. He knows what he's doing. And Undombele, fantastic player. 
Um, I want to see a little bit more, but I think we need, you've yeah. got to look at his situation as well. Come under Pochettino, he's had three different managers. I want to see next season where he's got one set manager, one set style of play, one set of formation, and he can get used to it and proper put himself in the team. But other than that, he has been a little bit up and down, but I know he's quality and I know how good he is. So I'm not going to question that. Would you would you say, though, if if they said, oh, uh, we'll sell on Dembele and get someone else in, who, who would you want, ideally want in realistically because if you look at it right, you've got to put, replace him for, I wouldn't say like for like, but someone who's actually going to do a better job than him. And for me, if we were going to sell Undombele, I would pay the money for Basuma. I would go and get Basuma. 40 mm. million, go and get him. He is quality, man. Yeah. I, I, I think the biggest concern for us is there are so many players that we can target. And I'm going to touch on that in a second. Um, but like you can, you can, we can target Basuma. We can target uh, Joachim Anderson from Fulham or Sven Batman from Lille. All of these players we can look at, we can, we can go in and we can try and get them. But there are so many clubs, the second, the second they make their interest known, Tottenham are gone. No one cares about Tottenham because there are other clubs that, that are, like I said, have a direction, are going places. Even, you know, Arsenal might win an FA Cup every now and then. They're not a team that I think players would pick over Spurs, but there are, reasons why a player will pick them over Spurs. And that's why I don't think we're ever going to be the team who who will go out and will buy, you know, like the Erling Haaland's of the world, or even a bit lower, the Edward Camavinga's of the world. He's going to Leicester. And, you know, Spurs, I, I assume, would have had some, some bit of interest in him, given the, the weaknesses in our midfield at the moment. But just everything is going wrong for Spurs at the moment. There, there really is everything going wrong. And there's another point I want to bring up that somehow, again, brings the entire thing back to the board. But we haven't had a manager for, for over three weeks since Jose Mourinho was sacked. And in that three weeks, I have seen so many links with Spurs and players <laughs> that we want to bring in over the summer. Yeah, Daniel Levy wants to extend Gareth Bale's loan. Uh, apparently, we're going for Jerome Boateng and Yannick Vestergaard. We, we're not uh, keeping Carlos Vinicius, so we're going to get this striker instead. Danny, I'll come to you on this first one. Is this paper talk or is this proof that Levy controls everything at this football club and does not care what a manager wants? Um... I think it's I think it's a lot of paper talk because the media in the UK they just what are they there for? They're there to to to, to sell fake news and make money. They're there to make money, just like every other business on the planet. And the amount of the amount of money, the amount, it's like when you put out a link on their website, the, the amount of clicks that they're going to get on it, it attracts you. It attracts people. Oh, this person's linked with this person. This person's linked with this club, and people click on it. People and 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 every time they click, they make money. And it's the same for when people pick up a newspaper and they go and buy a newspaper from the shop. It's the same thing. So mm. it's like they've got to print something and, and and it's like the perfect time for them to do it. I mean, how many rumours and reports do we see every season? I'm not just talking managers. I'm talking mm. about players every season. Some of them are more reliable than others because they've come from more reliable sources. Some of them are just completely bonkers made up. Like, But it, it, it's just the, just the way that football is nowadays and the way that media is. They just do it to, to make money. And a lot a lot of it is fake. It's not really who they who we actually want. And that's why you've got to try and when you're looking at these kind of things, you've got to try and look at the sources, the best kind of reliable sources to normally get it right. And then you kind of go by there and base it on what they say. And that's how I've always been anyway. Uh, when mm. I look at these rumours and reports, I always look for, we all, we all look for similar sort of reliable sources. Yeah, and I'm just going to use this opportunity to plug really quickly because uh, the Transfer Talk series will be back on this channel over the summer. And I'll be bringing you all the news from, as Danny said, all of the reliable sources um, and keeping you up to date on all of Spurs' uh, transfer activity. So first of all, thank you for 100 likes. And secondly, smash that subscribe button if you do want to keep up with all that transfer news. Danny, thank you for setting that up accidentally. I appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> I'm going to take you up on that offer. Uh, Jake, uh, what, what, do you make of, what do you make of all these 
So I didn't quite catch that. I think my my Wi-Fi is messed up. Do you want to repeat that? Sorry. No, I, yeah, yeah, I didn't hear it either. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, uh, what do you think of the links uh, to all these players, despite the fact that we we don't have a manager in place? It don't make sense, does it? How you how are you going to? Well, I don't. As Danny said, you kind of take it with a pinch of salt as well. Even when the yeah. manager's here, I don't. There's some sources you look at and you think, yeah, it would be okay. Like you know, it seems quite reliable. But we ain't even got a manager. Like, how are we going to sign players without a manager? And it does sound like Daniel Levy to be buying players or looking at players without the manager's input. And that's the problem we've got. I could talk about hours, you know, how many players we've missed out on. The, the alternatives we've bought have not just been even good enough, have even, you know, made an effect. So that's the problem we've got. And this is the situation we've got. We haven't got a manager and we need to be planning. This is the time where you start drawing up your targets, you start making contact with representatives, with agents, and start the transfer now early on. Look, we're interested in the summer. We're going to come in. We've contacted you. You're happy. Now we're going to talk to your, your club. We'll get things going. But we haven't even got a manager. So we, we're going to be we're going to be chasing again. We're going to be playing catch-up again because the manager, who's he going to bring in? Who's he going to get rid of? You know, pre-season, you can't really get a good idea. It's not competitive football. And that's the problem we're going to have this summer is that we're going to be left behind even more. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, we... And the style of play as well. That's the last thing I wanted to mention. The yeah. manager, the style of play he's going to bring in, the players that Daniel Levy might want to bring, does it suit? Does it suit the manager? Does it suit the styles? Does it suit the current crop? It's a big mess, mate. And oh, I just... It's that's, stressful, that's isn't what, it? It's not a hot one. It's right? stressful. Yeah. Do you know what, Jake, right? That, that, that's a, it's a key point because no matter... That, so Daniel Levy's idea from what we've heard from Ali Gold is like... They, it's a bit of, obvious anyway. They want a young attacking manager who plays attacking style of football possession-based football but you 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 say that right but you look at the players that we've got and half those players can't play that type of football they can't do it <laughs> they, they they failed under potch so yeah. so you've got one thing where you get a manager who, who who can you say needs to play that type of way but then you've got to have yeah. the play the tools to do it and unless yeah. they also so you've got first of all you need director of football then you need a manager who's going to play the right way but then you need to get the tools to do it and unless mm-hmm. they have a clear out, then we're going to probably be sitting here again next year, like like yep. struggling for conference league positions. You know what I mean? It's just, oh, it's just... no. Uh, yeah, do you know what, Danny? It's, it's true, though. On, yeah? Yeah. He's just spot on. Because he wants champagne football and lemonade money. And I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it as well. Champagne football on lemonade money. That's oh, the bottom line God. of things. You know, he wants this attacking and, and amazing football is what the media say. You know, Pochettino mold, the guy that he didn't want to back and sacked. But anyway, it's another point. <laughs> but he wants this. But we've got players like Sissoko and all these players like this. And we've got loads of liabilities. Oh, yeah. And we've got a goalkeeper yeah. who can't play out from the back. We forced Hugo Lloris, a goalkeeper who can't play out from the back, to yeah. play out from the back years after years after years. And yes, he's great, but this is what I'm saying. It's always like, you know, we're trying to fit, you know, we're trying to force it. We, we're really trying to like, you know, sort of get get that style without the the, the right sort of players. And, and you get what I'm saying? Mm. You know, when Pochettino's referring to the house, you got the house, but you need the yeah. furniture to go in it. And that it's, was, it's that's, square that's pegs and goals. That that an analogy. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Hmm. Spot on. And that's the problem we've got. And and I just feel if if you want that, if Daniel Levy truly wants great football, well then show us. Show us in the market that you're ambitious, that you're getting out the deadwood and you're listening to the manager and you're listening to the fans. Yes, albeit you know, we're fans, but you've got to think the feeling around the club, I feel like he's too his feelings are too centered to himself and not people around him. 
aka the cut oh, punch, etc., yeah. etc. Et mm. And do you know what? And, and one last thing, I know it's a bit random. Do you know he's talking about Harry Kane and his situation? If you mm. want to leave Harry, that's fair enough. I'm not going to hold anything against you. You're you're a striker capable of performing at an elite club. But if you can't leave, I want you to knock on Daniel Levy's door at the end of the season and say, look, this is your last chance. This is your last summer to get it right with the manager and the transfers. If you don't get it right, I'm off. Adios, yeah? Adios, amigos, yeah? If you don't do that, then he should start, he should start pushing. He should start... Yeah. Getting his feelings known across to the board, and that's going to make Daniel Levy shit himself. Let's be honest about it. As big as that's it, he leaves the fans are going to get angry as well. And that's what I want to see from Kane because I know he's, I know he's that character that likes to, you know, he's a quite a good guy, isn't he? But I want to see that bit of a you know pushy side to his to his. Do you know character. what, Cenk, Right, if he doesn't do that, do you not question Harry Kane's mentality as well? I'm not saying his mentality is a professional footballer. I'm telling, I'm saying yeah. like if he doesn't try force him or try and force Daniel Levy to do something, does that not? Does not not tell you something about like how he's kind of complacent with him just being there or him him just not even bothered like because mm. if if I was Harry Kane right I'd be sitting there saying right right Levy this is it you spend money investing in the squad now otherwise I want out of this club I I've yeah. I've been giving my all for the last ten years 15, like to eight years at this club and I've got yeah. nothing to show for it and that's mm. that's what I'd be saying if I was Harry Kane yeah yeah no I agree yeah. and the thing is one last thing sorry Matt just one last thing no, and. Nice. Sir Alex Ferguson was the master of this. What a manager. Uh, yeah, Alex Ferguson yeah, yeah. is my favourite manager. Leadership, ability, you know, his tactics, his football knowledge was second to none. This guy refreshed his squad, backroom staff, everything, regardless of trophies. The guy would win trebles and he would get, get rid of his best players and keep refreshing yeah. it, keep it ticking, keep that competitiveness, keep, keep that energy, keep that bite. Us, we get top four, Daniel Levy, well, yeah, i got my top four money. I'm cool with that. That's the you know problem we've got. Right? Mm. I, I, I genuinely believe if you look at the comments, right, that Pochettino used to say, and you know, he had the, those, he had that meeting with Alex Ferguson and all this stuff, and and uh, and some other things that they've said. He's talked to Alex Ferguson a lot. I genuinely mm. believe the way he used to talk about Spurs is that he wanted to follow the Alex Ferguson model, and he wanted yeah. to he wanted to regenerate the squad every couple of years, and and even if that meant getting rid of star players and that's when he talks about this rebuild in 2018 or 70 whenever you first mentioned it I, I I had a feeling the first player that came to my mind even then was Ericsson because you could just see the way mm. the way the team was the way he was like it had already started then all the rumors about Ericsson then you could see like the way he spoke in interviews and stuff and yeah. it, it just for me I think Pochettino knew he was one of the first names to go out and when he didn't after the Champions League final he was the first one he wanted gone and because obviously Ericsson said he wanted a new challenge. And what did yeah. Daniel Levy do? He kept him in the squad kept because him. he didn't he didn't get he didn't get the money that he wanted when he could have gone and got Bruno Fernandez. If he sold it for a lower fee, he could have got Bruno Fernandez and we would have been a different team right now. And that, that's yeah. the reality of it. Dan man, you're stressing me out. I'm angry. No, <laughs> I'm, really I know. Angry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Shane, man. Is, yeah, just... If you look at it, Champions League final, and I love to look at Liverpool's model. You look when they lost the Champions League final, the Coutinho money, how they spent it, they Went yeah. for Allison. They went for Van Dyke. No prisoners. Yeah? yeah, they went for it. They didn't want. They didn't want to experience that pain again. Us. I'm not disrespecting. I'm not digging out any players. Clark, Sessegnon, Undombele, Lacelso. We was crying out to replace our fullbacks. Danny yeah. Rose had yeah. gone. Yeah, Kyle Walker had gone to City, and he's winning trophies, and he's winning. He's probably going to win a Champions League this summer. You look at Wanyama. You look at Dembele, etc., etc. The list goes on. 
and we went for them. We we got two midfielders, a left back that didn't even do anything is out on loan. No disrespect to him, I think he's a good player. But this is the point: we need players in the squad now. And Jack Clark, the less I talk about him, unfortunately, the better. And that's the problem we've got. We did not capitalize and push. We just stood still. That was what it is. We stood still, and we we thought, well, I can't, Daniel Levy was probably like, I couldn't be bothered. Got top four money, like I'm saying, that's that's like a trophy to him. I'm cool. And that's the issue, the mentality of this football club. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of fans would have said it back when, I think probably when we lost Kyle Walker, it's like, he, he's not the biggest loss in the world as long as we replace him. And that's the one thing, it's not the one thing, but it's one of the things this board has failed at. <laughs> yeah. Because you lose Kyle Walker, we didn't replace him. We lost Danny he Rose. We, he was unbelievable. He was really, like, he had that right. defensive error in him, but he was still out, outstanding. You know, yeah. we lost Danny Rose, we didn't replace him. We've now lost Yamber Tong and we didn't replace him. Ericsson yeah. hasn't been replaced. Deli Ali in his dip of form hasn't been replaced. Yeah. And for me, the one that epitomizes it is we replaced Gareth Bale seven years later with Gareth Bale. And you can talk <laughs> yeah, as much yeah, as you yeah, want about yeah, that yeah. being a joke, but it's, yeah. it's yeah. actually true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely true. Yeah. true. Yeah. I think he's true. he scored only two goals fewer than Eric Lamella uh, in yeah. the time that Lamella's been at the club. It's it's an absolute farce. You know, that, you know what, Matt, when you say that, it's actually so scary. He scored <laughs> 17 Premier League goals in eight years. Gareth Bale has come back and nearly done oh. it. Nearly. Uh, that's that is such a sad yeah. start, honestly. The thing is, though, and Matt, you're talking about that the, the, the replacement. We need, we, we've really lacked, and that's the reason why we're in a situation where we have that organic transition of a replacement of a big player that's going to leave. Hugo Lloris is one that I think we weren't going to be able to replace for years because we haven't yeah. thought about it. We've yeah, got Joe Hart and we've got some youth players and stuff. It's not, we've got to bring someone in now that when Hugo leaves, he's got that organic, we're already here. He knows the club, he knows the players, he knows the defenders straight in. There you go. You've had a season, you've played a few FA Cup games, now you're in. Let's go. No, you know, we're not looking in the summer, oh, who is it going to be? Yeah, that's the issues we've got. We're not getting the replacements in before they leave, before we know they're going to leave. We're waiting for, mm -hmm. how much can we cash on in? And yeah, actually, let's keep a little bit of it. What's, what's a cheap option? That's the problem yeah. we've got. And there's going to be a yeah. few players in this squad that's going to happen. Larice is one of them. Toby. Um, I think if one of the bigger ones leave, maybe Son. I don't know. This is the problem we've got. We don't know. And uh, just adding to that point there, we do obviously want, well, the board want to make as much of a profit as they can out of this club. And it seems as though they're trying to get the best out of every single possible way to run this football club because they have the the kind of, what I call the kind of arsenal approach, where they have the very good players and they let them run down their contract so they can get the most out of those players on the pitch and let them go for cheap. But they want to make profits. Then all of a sudden you can't buy new players to replace them. And Daniel yeah. Levy's like, he's plucking all these positive ways to run a club out of all these different uh, models, all these different philosophies. He's trying to merge them into one. And he has somehow found the worst way uh, to run a football club, which is is absolutely absurd. And look, Jude here says yeah. um, we lost Dembele. And I look, I, we oh, lost Dembele. And I, wow. I always say Dembele is one player that we did replace, but in the in the way of two players, in Hoybier on his defensive side and Dembele on his offensive side. You know and that, mm. I think, shows how good uh, Dembele was. But mm. Do you know what? There will so never, ever be a player that we can replace Dembele. He was so yeah. unique. That was the best... Yeah. You can talk to me about Messi. You can talk to me about Ronaldo. You can talk to me about Ronaldinho. But that was one player that I loved watching. The way he glide, yeah. glided with mm -hmm. the ball. I've never seen anything like it. And that's Everyone bounced off him as well. It was so Unbelievable. strong. Yeah. Unbelievable. So disrespected outside Spurs as well. And that's the yeah. big issue. And and it's mad. And, and do you know what as well? Just moving it back as well. In terms of the, the organic replacement. I'll give you an example, right? For example, let's say... 
Um, okay, let me, let me give you an example. Let's say Hugo leaves this summer, just hypothetically. Mm-hmm. We go for Mike, that Mike from Lille, um, and, and we go, yeah, we want him. Lille know that we're in a position that we're dying for a Gogba. They're going to put that price up by 10, 15, yeah. 20% because they know we're in a position where we just we just need a Gogba. So that makes the, that makes the negotiations even longer. Because they know we're in a position of weakness where we, we're dying for a keeper. Yeah. Well, we know we know they're in a position that they ain't got a keeper. They got Joe yeah. Hart as number one. Yeah, let's put let's let's demand an extra five, ten million. Uh, you get the yeah. boys what I'm saying? It's a it's such a sticky situation. You're scaring problem... me from thinking about Joe Hart as a number one, mate. Yeah, this is the problem we've got. <laughs> and we've got you know what how many players we've got that their future up in the air. Larice, Toby, you know, these are players that are coming to the end, they've got families, where they're gonna retire. We've yeah. got Davison Sanchez. Is he happy? What, what's going on? Joe Roden, he's been in and out. We've got Aurier back to PSG. Reggion, maybe Zidane. I don't know. He might call him back. Ben David. And then we left left with players that are bang average. And this is the problem we've mm. got. And someone put it in the comments as well. Leicester have signed Sumare pretty much. And that's the thing. Yeah. They're planning in advance. They're going to have mm-hmm. him for a preseason. They've got it ready. Oh, this is going to be our midfield next season. Right together. And Diddy, Sumare, Madison. They know Mendy. it already. Mendy as well. Madness, Leicester man. Leicester that I wish we were like Leicester. Leicester yeah. have lost so many big players in recent years. They've lost Maris, they've lost Kante, they've lost yeah. Maguire, they've got Chilwell. But they brought in James Justin for, what was it, £6 million? They got yeah. Fofana for 20 They got Madison from the Championship. They got Tielemans from the Belgian League. They got Samari. Their mm. recruitment is unbelievable. And the team you mentioned there, Lille, as well. I wish we yeah. were Lille. I absolutely oh. wish we were Lille. Having Lewis Campos <laughs> as their director of football. Yeah. Yeah. They've lost yeah. the likes of Victor Azimhen, Rafael Leo, uh, Gabriel yeah. Magalhaes, uh, Nicola Pepe, and they've brought in yeah. players like Borac Yilmaz on free, who's banging Ooh. in goals for fun. Yeah. And they're about to yeah. they're about to beat PSG to the French League title. We yeah. should never, as Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, be in a situation where we are jealous and we are embarrassed that we're not like Leicester, yeah. that we're not like Lille. Because oh. that, for me, epitomises exactly the problems with this football club and, and the problems that will go on and go on for so long. Exactly that. And and the point you made about Lille, they're making profit as they're doing it. They buy Austin men yeah. for, for 20 million, sell him for 80. They're making mm-hmm. money as they're going, but they're still progressing. They're keeping it going. They buy Bulak Yilmaz on a free. Someone in the summer is going to... Dem- if someone comes along, yeah, 15, 20 mil, they're going to get money. And the thing is with Lille, they've got a system going that producing great players whilst continuously replacing and getting yeah. the system going. Gaultier, fantastic. Yeah. Chelik, all these players, yeah. Samare, he's gone to Leicester, but I guarantee you they're going to have a replacement that's going to be better, if not the same ability. And that's mm-hmm. the problem we've got. They're thinking ahead. We don't. We've, we're we we're not proactive. We're reactive. That's we've always been like that. We've always yeah. been like that. I yeah. mean, look, selling Dimitar Berbatov on the transfer deadline day when you've just sold Robbie Keane in the same window. I mean, it yeah. says it all. It says it yeah. all. And, yeah, and, and really the last does. thing as well, sorry, just before we start wrapping up or whatever, is mm-hmm. that you don't need to splash 60, 70, 80 million to build a good team. This can be done on a budget with clever scouting, with the implementation and the input from the manager, from analysts, with data, the mixture of that, you can build a good side. Lille is such a good model and I'm glad you yeah. touched on it, Matt, because they are they are smashing PSG out of the park. Fantastic yeah. football. But the thing is, they're not spending that much money. Go and look at their thing. They're not, they're not spending a lot. Really not. Mm. Durak Yilmaz, who's top top goal scorer, smashing it, cost them, I think it was a free transfer, and they paid a free, little bit of a free free agency. Yeah. That's the, the thing. And, and unfortunately with us, we're just too inactive. We're not we're not keeping it ticking, and, and that's the reason why, we, why we're here. And, yeah, I just think yeah, we, we, we right got, now is, is questionable, we, very questionable. 
we've got a man who hates January transfer window, so we're oh. perfect. <laughs> a decent January transfer, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll be honest, this this has been a, a bizarre stream. We went from talking about Sean Dyche, the fish finger, to lemonade, <laughs> lemonade money giving us a champagne football. It's been <laughs> it's it's been bizarre, but it's been it's been absolutely fantastic. Oh, um, I've really Brilliant. enjoyed the, the input from the two of you. It's been probably one of the yeah. best discussions I've ever had on Let, this channel, and I, I do mean pleasure that. Pleasure to be on, Matt. Yeah. Pleasure. Pleasure to, to have the, have the both of you. And I'd, uh, first of all, Danny, do you want to let uh, let people know where they can find you on social media? Yeah. So people, if you're interested, so we're going to have a channel coming out in the next few months. Um, it's called In the Box, but the Twitter handle is In the Box underscore TV. Um, we're going to have some more news on that, and basically, it's going to be a debate channel. For um, at the moment, it's going to be Premier League football. So, it's, and we're also going to have a dedicated Spurs show as well. Uh, mm. So, we've, we've got other fans. So, the people who are going to be doing it with me uh, are fans from different clubs. So, if you like watching stupid, um, deluded fans from different <laughs> clubs, then you will love watching um, some of my deluded mates and people that we've got lined up to come on. And um, and we will have um, the Spurs dedicated show. I think twice a week as well. So. Um, we'll be doing some of the sort of uh, mixing with the Spurs family that we have, this amazing Spurs family that we do have. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, stay tuned for some more news on that. Yeah, and everyone, the link to In The Box TV is down uh, for, on Twitter, is down in the description below. So make sure to go over and check them out and follow them uh, so you can you can keep up to, uh, up to date on what, what's happening there. Uh, and Jenk, let us know where we can we can find you. Oh, the, the chat today, though, before I plug anything, the chat been fantastic. Look, big up everyone. Remember to smash, smash the like button. Um, been fantastic, good little chat. Um, but yeah, look at Jenk Coys, um, YouTube would appreciate any new subscribers on Twitter as well. At Jenk Coys, and look, we might have had a little bit of a moan and, and discussion, but at the end of the day, what we've all got in mutual is that we want the best for Tottenham Hotspur and we and we want to be a successful team. We see football in different ways, people do that's that's opinions, but other than that, people. Fingers crossed up the Spurs and, and we can get three points on the weekend. And, and thanks to Matt for bringing me on the channel as well. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Matt, look, honestly. Guys, I really do mean it. Thank you very much uh, for your time today. And look, a link for Jenks' YouTube channel is down in the description below as well. And like you said, the chat has been absolutely fantastic. Some incredible comments coming in there. Uh, we're on yeah. 137 likes with 170 people still watching. So if we can get that to 150, um, I'd be very, very grateful. I don't usually hit those get numbers. Those nice get, it watch, get it out, get it out. Get it out. Come, come on, on let's guys. Do it. Get, come on, it's been a great stream. And support everyone, all these yeah. guys. It's great. Come on, put, get those likes in. Absolutely love it. Come on, guys. I, I believe in you. I know you do. But look, we are going to wrap it up there. Um, like I said, do make sure to check out these guys. Their links in the description below. And you know what you're getting on this channel at this stage. Uh, for more on Tottenham's pursuit of a manager, the more the Tottenham Fan Voice podcast, Tottenham Watch Alongs, and the Tottenham Hotspur Transfer Talk series, make sure to smash that subscribe button down below. And if you do want access to exclusive content and exclusive call and shows on match day, make sure to hit that join button down below. Membership starting at just £1.99. Uh, that button down there will explain everything you need to know. To these two, to everyone in the chat, and to everyone except Daniel Levy, thank you so much for everything and I hope to, <laughs> hope to talk to you again soon. <laughs>